Oh, so good. Get your Bibles. Turn to Luke chapter 19. We're going to look at one of my favorite stories in the Bible this morning. Luke chapter 19. You know, all of us have moments in our lives that we wish we could do over. And uh, we all had moments where we say things like, man, I finally knew then what I know now. Things would be different. Sometimes we find ourselves in the, in the middle of, of moments and circumstances. Sometimes we wonder, how in the world did, did I get here? Perhaps uh, it, it's, it's a marriage situation. And this may be you today where, where two people have just slowly over time drifted apart. Or, or you've drifted into a, a bad habit or a sinful thing. And, and it just, you, you never meant to, to go there, but it's just like grabbed hold of you. The past failures, the past attempts, the past defeats... They weigh us down with, with shame and regret and they cause us to believe that things will never get better, that we're trapped, that, that maybe God, we're just not good enough for God's grace any longer, that he's just moved on. Well, I want you to know Jesus was the living embodiment of, of how God the Father feels about these moments, these circumstances. In the Old Testament, God is speaking to Israel and he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Some of you feel like maybe you're living in the wasteland right now. And God says, I'm I'm, I'm making a way in the desert and streams. The Apostle Paul teaches in, in 2 Corinthians, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In countless interactions with people throughout the Gospels, we learn that even though we can't start over, We do things and we can't redo history. With Jesus, we can always start again. Now, if you grew up in a, in a church or when you, when you were little or, or maybe you have small children or if you've spent any time working in a, in a church preschool department, you know, or you're very familiar with a children's song about a little man, a wee little man, all right, who one day climbed up a sycamore tree because he wanted to catch a glimpse of Jesus as Jesus was passing through town. Well, in all honesty, and, and as probably as correct as that little Bible story, but little Bible song is, it, it falls just a wee bit short of really capturing who this man really was and, 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 and what his encounter with Jesus was all about. So this morning, as we begin a new section on our Jesus series that we've been involved in uh, since early February, we're starting a brand new little section called Start Again, which is all about people in the Bible who needed a fresh start. And I want to take a a closer look at this man's life, Zacchaeus's life and his life-changing interaction, because I believe that some of you here today, you're going to find yourself in this man's story. There's so many people in the nine o'clock service that found themselves in this story. And if you don't find yourself in this story, chances are you, you know, someone like him, someone who needs to hear this today. Well, Zacchaeus was, was a desperate man with a terrible reputation who was searching for something to fill this huge empty void in his life. He, he was a guy that, that needed a new beginning. He, he needed a chance to start again. And one day in his own hometown, quite possibly around his own um, kitchen table, he has an encounter with Jesus that changed his life forever. Now, who is this guy? Who is this Zacchaeus that we're talking about here this morning? Well, Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Jerusalem. Jesus was heading through Jerusalem, through the town of Jericho, the same Jericho that is spoken of in the book of Joshua. And he's going to Jerusalem. He's, he's going to face the cross. He's going to face death. And in Luke 19, 1, it says he entered Jericho. He was passing through. And behold, 
there was a man named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector and was rich and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurried, came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, the people in the town, everybody that watched it says they, they grumbled and they said, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So here's the most well-known fact that, that we all probably know about Zacchaeus. He was short in stature, but we, what we may not know is that he was also financially wealthy and he had a bad reputation in Jericho. He was known around town as being greedy and selfish. The people of Jericho even classified him as a sinner. You say, how did he get that reputation? Well, the Bible tells us that he was a, a chief tax collector, which means he had a very powerful job. But back in the day, tax collectors were hated because they overtaxed their own people. Jewish people viewed tax collectors as traitors because they worked for the Romans. The Romans were cruel occupiers of Jewish territory during this time in history. And much of the Jewish people's taxes went, went straight to Rome. So because of his job, Zacchaeus would have been rejected and despised by his own people. And the powerful Romans would have tolerated him because he was doing their bidding. They, they needed the money he was collecting. And so here you are, you're, if you're Zacchaeus, you're hated by your own people, the Jews, you're tolerated by the Romans. But all of that caused him to have a bigger problem. Because of his connection with the Romans, the Jewish people would have looked at him and, 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 and seen him as being spiritually unclean, unfit. And that was a big deal because it meant that Zacchaeus would not have been welcomed in the Jewish temple. He was not allowed to come worship with people. So here's a guy, hated by people, no friends, tolerated by the people he works for, and he's not welcomed in church. Now, I want you to put yourself in Zacchaeus' shoes for just a moment this morning, because quite possibly, maybe you're in a situation where your own size has caused you to be ridiculed and pushed around most of your life. You've been bullied. You've had to, to work harder than anyone else just to prove your worth, to prove yourself. Your job maybe has caused you to be hated and despised. Everywhere you turn, there's rejection. But you appear to have it all together. You, you have this powerful job. You're, you're wealthy. You seem to be in control of your life. You definitely have control of the lives of others. But honestly, it's all a facade. It's window dressing. It's what others see, but it's, it's really not reality. Because truth be told, I mean, you're lonely. You're isolated. You're, there's an emptiness deep inside of your soul. You, you seem to have everything together except for what you really, really want in life, which is purpose and meaning. Oh, if you could just have some purpose and meaning in life, things could be better. Zacchaeus' life reminds me of the words of a classic Simon and Garfunkel song from the late 60s. I'm about to put a song in your mind that you may not, you're going to probably sing all day long. I'm a rock. I built walls, a fortress deep and mighty that none may penetrate. I have no need for friendship. Friendship causes pain. It's laughter and loving I disdain. I am a rock. I am an island. Don't talk of love. I've heard the word before. It's sleeping in my memory. I won't disturb the slumber of feelings that have died. If I had never loved, I never would have cried. I am a rock. I'm an island. I have my books and my poetry to protect me. I'm shielding in my armor, hiding in my room, safe within my womb. I touch no one and no one touches me. I'm a rock. I am an island. If there's anyone that 
we could say fits that song in the Bible. It's Zacchaeus. This is a guy who was a rock. He was an island. If there was ever a guy as well who desperately needed a fresh start, a chance to start again, it may have been Zacchaeus because a guy like this, listen, he doesn't just start running through a crowd and start climbing a tree in front of a bunch of people that know him. As bad as it was, listen, this guy had a reputation to uphold. I mean, he was one of the most powerful people in town. He had a tough exterior to maintain. He couldn't let other people see him sweat. It was way too risky to do that. But none of that mattered at this point because his desire to find purpose and meaning to life became greater to him than his reputation, greater to him than his pain. Inside of him was this lonely man looking for, for more. He was a man who, who was on a pursuit to create a new life for himself. Zacchaeus was a man who was, was spiritually lost. He was lost in his own sin. But he heard about this man who was coming through town named Jesus. The stories about this Jesus were almost too, too good to be true. I mean, this was a man from what everybody said who could actually raise people from the dead. He was a guy who, who could heal people from things like leprosy and actually cast demons out of people. He was a, a guy who, when he spoke to storms, they actually just, they calmed themselves just by speaking words over them. He didn't shy away from engaging the worst of sinners. And so what did Zacchaeus want from Jesus? He just wanted to catch a glimpse of him. He just wanted to see him. His curiosity and his desperation caused him to, 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 to climb a sycamore tree because the Bible says he was too short to see over the crowds. Now imagine what must have been going through Zacchaeus' mind for just a moment. Could this Jesus really be the long-awaited Messiah that our ancestors have been talking about for, for, for centuries? I mean, can he really heal people from illnesses? Can he really perform miracles? Can, can this guy truly give me Offer me a new beginning. Can this, can this guy make, can this guy help me to create a new life for myself? Can, I can't take back all of the things I've done, but surely I can start again. Listen, we all know people like Zacchaeus. We, we all know people who appear to have life all together. They, they may have wealth, they may have power, they may have some influence. Uh, they may seem to be happy, but honestly, it's all just smoke and mirrors. It's, it's, it's window dressing because inside they're just as lost as they could possibly be. And what they desperately need is for someone to give them a word of hope that they don't have to be stuck in their loneliness. They don't have to be trapped in their hopelessness or, or their lostness. That grace and forgiveness is available to them because of the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ came to earth, that he lived a, a sinless life, that he died on, the, on a cross for the sins of the world, your, your sins and my sins, and, and then went to the cross to declare victory over sin and death once and for all. And because of the truth of the gospel and the reality of that message, anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and believes that Jesus Christ is the son of God can receive the grace of God to start life again. They can be forgiven. They can be set free from their sinful past. They can be restored to new life and they can be given a new beginning. And here's the truth. The truth is we've been called, every one of us in this room who, who know Jesus Christ as our personal savior, we've been called to be ambassadors of that message of hope to people like Zacchaeus. And here's what we have to remember Here's what we have to remember as we engage the Zacchaeuses of the world. It's the Holy Spirit that not only gives us the ability to share our faith, but it's the Holy Spirit that convicts lost people of their sin and their need for a savior. The Holy Spirit is always drawing people to Jesus all over the world. And he may have drawn you into this place this morning 
because he wants you to hear about the life-changing message of the gospel. John 6, says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on that last day. You've heard me talk over and over again before that, that God has put inside every person a, a God-sized hole that can only be filled by Jesus, Ecclesiastes 3.11. And Zacchaeus is a great example of a man who, who obviously tried to fill that, that, that giant hole with position, with power, with possessions. To the religious world, he was probably a hopeless cause, but something was stirring in the life of Zacchaeus. As the Holy Spirit was working in Zacchaeus' life, God placed inside of him a desire to to seek out Jesus. He was moving in Zacchaeus' heart, and he's saying, this is your chance, Zacchaeus, to rebuild your life. You may not even know what this Jesus is all about, but this is your opportunity to start again. Zacchaeus said, "I'm, I'm not sure exactly who this guy is that everybody's talking about, but I've got to get a closer look at him. I've got to find out more about him. There's something stirring in my heart that's drawing me to catch a glimpse of this Jesus. Just imagine the scene for just a moment. Jesus walking through town. People are grabbing him. They're, they're, They're crowding around him, trying to get his attention. They're touching his clothes. They're calling out his name. But Jesus stops at the base of a tree, of a sycamore tree. He stops there for a moment. He looks up and he sees this little man up there on a branch. And he says, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. And little kids keep singing all over the world. And I love what happens next. Verse seven tells us that the people that saw this interaction between Jesus and Zacchaeus and they watched Jesus go to Zacchaeus' house, they became angry and they began to complain They said, what kind of man is this that he actually hangs out with sinners? I mean, he goes to their house. He actually eats with them. Zacchaeus had to be blown away. I mean, imagine out of all the people in town, Jesus wants to hang out with me. Out of everybody. I mean, he could go to any house in town he wants to, but he wants to come to my house. And what about all these angry, complaining people watching this whole interaction? They're struggling to understand Jesus. Why Zacchaeus? I mean, he's a swindler. He's greedy. He's despised by society. Nobody's inviting Zacchaeus to any dinner parties or, or, or Sunday night gatherings. This guy's a sinner. Out of all the people in Jericho to hang out with, why would Jesus choose Zacchaeus? Well, remember, Zacchaeus is one of the wealthiest guys in town. All right, and here's a little hidden truth. Why Zacchaeus? Why Jesus chose Zacchaeus? It was Sunday afternoon, and Zacchaeus was the only guy in town that had the NFL Direct TV football package. <laughs> and Jesus wanted to go to his house and catch some fantasy football scores. No, I'm just messing. Here's the real truth the Holy Spirit was at work in Zacchaeus' desperate heart, drawn him to Jesus. And Zacchaeus was, was determined to get to him. So much that he was willing to risk his reputation to climb a tree in front of everyone just to see him. And Jesus, who was was God's own son, God in the flesh, was well aware of what was happening in Zacchaeus' heart. He knew his emotional, spiritual condition. This this wasn't just some random meeting. This was a divine God-given appointment. Zacchaeus was determined to seek after Jesus regardless of what he had to do to get to him. And Jesus doesn't turn him away. He actually says, listen, come on down. Let's go to your house. Let's have a meal together. 
One of my favorite verses in the Bible is actually a promise that God made to Israel. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when what? You seek me with all of your heart. And some of you may be here today, you're able to identify with some of Zacchaeus' story. You are, you are desperately in need of a new start to start again, but you feel inadequate to come to Jesus. You're, you're, you feel fearful to come to Jesus. What, what, if, what if I come to Jesus and he turns me away? What, what if my sin's too great? What about my past? I mean, good night. You should see what's, what's in my past. You, what about this bad reputation that I've earned? What if I've crossed a line and God can't forgive me? Listen, Jesus specializes in people that feel inadequate. The Bible says he actually opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Jesus, Jesus specializes in people that, 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 that feel fearful, that, that feel like failures. He specializes in those who, who feel like outcasts, who feel lonely, those who have made a mess in their lives, of their lives. Jesus specializes in people with bad reputations. Jesus specializes in sinners just like you and me. And some of you today, you need an encounter with Jesus. You need forgiveness. You need rescue. You need, you need meaning and purpose in your life. You need salvation. Luke chapter 11, verse nine says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and Jesus says the door will be open to you. You need a fresh start. Look at how Zacchaeus responds to Jesus. He flies down the tree and joyfully, the Bible says he joyfully welcomes Jesus into his home. And then he says this, verse eight. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. You say, what's going on in this story now? The love and grace of Jesus causes this man to come to grips with the poverty of his own soul. This self-centered, lonely, greedy man has now come to the end of himself. He has seen himself for who he really is. And it causes him to repent of his sin. And he changes his mind about his sinfulness. And he makes a decision to make things right with every person he's either cheated or stolen from. Old Testament law said that if you cheated or stole something from someone, you not only had to pay that back, but you had, 20, had to add 20% to it. Zacchaeus was not only willing to give everything back that he had stolen from people, but he, he was willing to add 300%. And look at Jesus' response to Zacchaeus. He said in Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house since he is also the son of Abraham. For the first time in Zacchaeus' life, he understood what it meant to be forgiven. He understood what it meant to now be whole, to, to have a new life. Why? Because he had a personal encounter with Jesus. Zacchaeus believed in his heart that Jesus Christ was truly the son of God. He received the free gift of salvation into his life and, and, and he placed his faith and trust in Jesus and his life was changed. He was a new man once and for all. Now, there's so much we can take away from this story, but I wanna just give you just a couple things to grab us before we go home. First of all, if we're gonna reach the Zacchaeuses of this world, we have to get out and we have to engage them personally. Listen, Jesus didn't come into to Jericho and invite Zacchaeus to a revival meeting or a tent meeting or even to church, as, as good as that is. Jesus walked through the streets. And while he was walking through the streets, he was rubbing shoulders with real people. He held their children. He, he knelt down and got personally involved in the messiness of people's lives. He, and here's the thing. If we're going to reach people who are far from God, we have to be willing to rub shoulders with those people. We have to get our hands a little bit dirty. 
We have to get involved in the messiness. We have to be willing to engage them where they are. Jesus met Zacchaeus on his own home turf and engaged him personally. He literally went to where he lived. Over the last several years, I've been encouraging you to live on mission, to live on the mission of Jesus, to get out in the places where you work, live, and and play. Let that be the mission field that God has called you to reach. And as you know, for several years, uh, my family lived up in the North Paulding area, and our mission field was not only North Paulding, but we were specifically engaged in in the North Paulding baseball community because my boys are baseball players. And now here we live in East Paulding. And Amy and I have been praying about this past year. It's like we almost felt like we, since my boys have been out of, out of high school and in college, like we've been praying for a, a community, a place to connect. And so I've been praying for this summer, the, the, the East Paulding high school football team. And two weeks ago, I got an invitation and I decided to become the team pastor for the East, football, uh, East Paulding football team. Now, honestly, I don't need another thing on my plate. But I want to tell you what was going on in my heart over the summer. I've been getting up early sometimes later in the day and going over and running around the track over at East Paulding High School. And as I've been just running around the track watching some of these young men come and work on football, some coming with just their friends, some coming with their dads, I just felt the Holy Spirit nudging me to engage with these players and their coaches. And I also found out a couple of weeks ago that, that this team went to FCA camp over the summer. And 32 of these young men on the football team gave their lives to Jesus Christ, received God's gift of of salvation. 32. Uh, Something fun, I'll just tell you, as a result of our gift offering that we give at Christmas time, as you may know, we, we paid for the Paulding County football team to go to FCA camp. And over 30 of those student athletes prayed to receive Christ at FCA camp. Uh, as well. I mean, what, what an awesome answer to prayer from our gift offering. Now, here's the honest truth. As much as I love people, I'm a little overwhelmed with what God's called me to do. I feel like I'm working outside of my comfort zone a little bit, to be honest with you. I haven't worked specifically with students in 20 years. Some of these kids, they come from tough home situations. It's a, it's a little overwhelming. But here's what I know, and here's what you need to know. I'll have the Holy Spirit walk in the sidelines with me on Friday nights as I hope to minister to this team of coaches and players. And, and, and he'll be doing the heavy lifting of, uh, as I'm ministering, what's on a Monday or Friday night, of convicting people of their sin and drawing them to Jesus. I just need to make myself available to them. Listen, I love the fact that you invite people to church and that's part of our strategy here to win this community to Christ. Keep doing that. Keep bringing your friends and your relatives to, to Sunday services. But I want to encourage you to get out of your comfort zone and engage the people that you know that you're rubbing shoulders with in the places where you live, work, and play. Think about the example of Jesus in the first four books of the New Testament, the gospel accounts of his life. There are 132 individual contacts that Jesus had with people. Six were in the temple, four were in the synagogue, but 122 were out in the places where people lived in the mainstream of life. That's where Jesus met them. Jesus didn't just come to earth to be a a, a nice guy or to show us how to live. He had a mission. And in Luke 19.10, at the very end of this story, Jesus says, and I, the Messiah, have come to search for and to save such souls as his. Who's he? Zacchaeus. Jesus had a purpose for coming to earth. He had a purpose for coming to Jericho on the day that he did. He he had a purpose for walking down Zacchaeus' street and he had a purpose for going to his house. God was at work in this man's life in Jericho. This man needed hope. He needed a rescue. He needed a, 
a new life. He was seeking after something to fill an empty void in his life. And Jesus found him and spent time with him. And Zacchaeus responded and his life was changed forever. Jesus was passionate about lost people. The whole reason God came to earth in the form of a man was to seek and to save lost people like Zacchaeus, like you, like me. That was his passion. And so the second thing we need to take home here today is this. Regardless of who you are or what you've done, Jesus offers grace and forgiveness and an opportunity to start again. Jesus looked at this tax collector. He saw past this rough exterior. He saw past the insecurities. He saw past the wall that this man had put up in his life, this tough guy reputation, and he offered him grace and, ha- and the opportunity to have a new life. And Zacchaeus received God's free gift of salvation and grace and forgiveness. And children all over the world have been singing about him ever since. Back in the the early 1900s, there was a young man growing up in the hills of North Carolina, right in the Green Mountain area of Asheville, Marion, that whole area over there. He was a rough, rough individual. He was known all over town for fighting, getting into trouble. He was a heavy drinker. His, his, his grandfather was actually a pastor. But this was a young man who may have known about God, but man, he was far from God. One day he got into a fight and someone actually slit, slit his, his, his neck from here to here. Had a big scar across his neck. Got in even more trouble after that and eventually got arrested, he and his brother both, and they got put in prison. And one day he and his brother were out working on a chain gang and somehow they escaped And they fled the state of North Carolina and made their way all up to Detroit, where he became a a truck driver for Gulf Oil. Actually drove a truck for 48 years. He's hiding from the law up in Detroit. And at the same time, while he's hiding from the law in Detroit as a young man, there was another young woman who was growing up in the Polish-German district of Detroit, a little town called Hamtramck, which is right in the middle of Detroit. Her life was a mess, Young, young girl. She was an unwed unwed young mother. And somehow or another, this young man and this young woman felt drawn. Someone invited them. I I don't know the whole story, but they they felt drawn to go to a revival meeting on on an island in the Detroit River called Belle Isle. There was an old-fashioned hellfire brimstone pastor named J. Frank Norris who was preaching. And they found themselves at this revival meeting, didn't know each other, But this young man who actually had the nickname of Peck after a fictional book in the late 1800s, if you were a person of bad reputation, they called you Peck's bad boy. And so this young man had the nickname of Peck. And at this revival meeting, as as the gospel was shared, as salvation was offered, he decided he had had enough of running from God, of this bad reputation. He needed to start again. He got down on his knees and he received Jesus Christ to be his savior. At that same, camp, that same tent meeting revival, there, that young woman, this unwed mother who was tired of living the life she was living, her bad reputation, what, and I'm sure she had one growing up in that time, in that community. She got down on her knees. Holy Spirit was drawn both of them. She, Holy Spirit drew her and she asked Jesus Christ to be her savior. And while the Holy Spirit was drawing them towards Jesus, he was also drawing them towards each other. And they met each other that night. And they started dating and they eventually got married. And they had to 
changed their name because of the situation with the law back in North Carolina. But together they got married and together they had seven more kids. They raised eight all together. Their youngest daughter is my mom. It's my grandfather, Clarence Haney, and my mom, May, my grandmother, May, came. And I had to think of the story of Zacchaeus, and I think these two young individuals running from their past, running from the bad reputation they had earned, living so far away from God, and yet the Holy Spirit drew them to that place so they could hear the life-changing message of Jesus. And they said, yes. And they received Jesus Christ to be their personal Lord and Savior and their lives were changed forever. And that man and that young woman, he eventually became a deacon in one of the largest churches in Detroit. They raised their kids to be in church. And I'm just telling you, he was one of the greatest men I've ever met in my life. Every time I was at their house, we sang hymns. The Bible was open. We talked about Jesus and what he was doing. I'd go to the mall with him and he'd say, listen, Brian, I'll give you a dime if you go hand that man a gospel track. That man gave me a passion, gave me a passion for lost people. But it all started, it all started. On that day, they went to Belle Isle because the Holy Spirit was drawing them and they, 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 they said yes to Jesus and his offer of salvation. Listen, you may be here today you're relating to everything I'm saying. You're feeling something in your heart that you haven't felt in years or, or maybe you've been feeling it, feeling it, and yet it's here. It's so strong today. That's the Holy Spirit of God convicting you of your need for Jesus, convicting you of your sin. It is no mistake that you're here today. This is a divine appointment. And I wanna ask all of you just if you would stand quietly. If you're here today and you need to put your faith and trust in the beautiful name of Jesus, who offers you forgiveness today. He offers you an opportunity for, to have a new beginning, a fresh start. I want you, with heads bowed, everybody, if you would, I want you to pray with me. Just pray in your heart something like this. Oh, Lord Jesus, I need your forgiveness right now. I need a new start. I need to start again. Lord, I take my past, the present, and all of it, and I lay it down at your feet because what you did for me on the cross was enough to pay for all of it. I don't have to do anything more except for to put my faith and trust in you alone. And today I, I make that decision. Jesus, you're the son of God who came to die in my place to provide me forgiveness, to give me a new life, to make this spiritually dead person I am become spiritually alive. And so I say yes to you. I put all of my faith and all of my trust in Jesus Christ to be my personal savior. What you did on the cross was enough for me. And I received your gift of salvation into my life right now.